There we are. Out of Friday, the John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show, and you along for the ride. Thank you. Writing to us at MyNorthwest.com. Coming into that steep roofing text line, one 776 I heard um, Jack Stein and Spike talking about that horrible story out of Redmond with the uh, podcaster and the father. I think the, the husband was found, right, uh, Aaron, there in the front yard. Um, the the woman's killed. The mother had escaped. The guy killed himself. And they're pretty sure he was a just a super serious, obviously stalker, sick fan of this podcast. Um, and uh, I don't know. I guess at a certain point they're going to find out if did she notify the police? Was she concerned at all? Had she yeah. talked about it? She yeah. had. Indeed. Right? Yeah. She, yeah. Uh, she was working on getting a restraining order. From the from the guy, but as you heard the police chief say during our newscast that you know just because you do have a restraining order, that doesn't stop from somebody from breaking it. And right. this guy was clearly intent on harming her. Mm. This had been going on for months, according right. to police. She, I think, first reached out to them in December. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it and then it, it escalated and kept escalating. At one point, he called a hundred times in one day. Sent the woman gifts. Showed up at her door before, mm-hmm. um, and. Obviously, it, it didn't work out. <laughs> it's, that it's, the, it's the as the police chief said, the worst case scenario for, <sighs> for a stalker case. God, yeah, it is so strange. You know, you didn't really realize. You don't realize until you get into this business that you know you you, you develop as amazing as the relationships are that you develop with a listener or a viewer, right, Sherry, or somebody with a podcast or somebody that reads whatever your work is. You can create really interesting, fun relationships with people. I know I've met a lot of people that listen to this show and through the years for EV Magazine. But then just as wonderful as the people can be, there can be just some people that just have a screw loose that something about you as a person all of a sudden takes over their life and then they develop this sickness to want to be in touch with you. You've been in that business for, what's 30-some years. Have you ever had a, a close call with a stalker? Yeah. I When I was doing traffic on television, um, a guy kept calling me, and he would talk to me, and I wouldn't cut him off. I felt sorry for him. And he'd be really sweet and te- you know, say, oh, you look so pretty today or whatever. And I'd say, okay, i got to go because I had to do something else. Mm-hmm. But I never said to him, you're making me uncomfortable or please don't call me anymore. And so one day, um, and I really didn't tell anybody. I thought, thought he was harmless. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't any security in the studio. So somebody could walk in. Um, this was when I worked doing traffic. So I wasn't at, at Channel 9. I was actually in the traffic studio. And you could walk right into the lobby and walk right into the to the main studio where all the anchors were. And so one day I, I was turning around to do a hit. and um, You should explain what doing. a hit is, sure. Because Chris oh, Martin it, suddenly perked up. <laughs> it's, it's a, you know, a report, a traffic report. Okay, all right. And um, there was a guy standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, who's this guy? And so I did my report, and then I, he said, hi, I'm, you know, the guy. I'm so-and-so. And I said, oh, hey, listen, I'm so sorry you can't be in here because we've got people working. And anyway, I went, and I said, I'll be right back. And I went and got my boss, and they escorted him out. And the next day, they put in a huge security system where you had to do a code or a card or something nice. like that because of it. He didn't do anything to me, but it was very creepy that he he figured out how to get to me. Yeah, I um, 
I work with an anchor. I, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, and I won't say her name, but in Boston, she became she did radio like you, and then became and then moved over to TV. When she was in radio, she working overnights, and this guy she was talking about. Oh, I didn't get a chance to stop and get something to eat. I'm so hungry. The man listening sends a roast beef sandwich to the studio. The rule of radio and TV, which I don't abide by, which is don't eat anything that a listener sends. That's right. Um, what I do is I take it and then put my name on it and then hand it to the people that work here. And if, if they're okay, then I eat it. Um, Chris, how was that? Okay. How, how was that bud cake I brought Food in earlier? <laughs> a little chewy, but Seriously, it's not fine. Bad. Bad. You'll be fine. Um, Xlox is good for you. So um, the guy sends a roast beef sandwich. Of course, she, following the rule of radio and TV, she doesn't eat it. In fact, she says to the delivery guy, oh, that's very nice, but I, I don't really know. That's fine. And sends it away. Five years later, she gets a call from this guy, some guy, who says, oh, by the way, I'm friends with Matt and Maddie. And, uh, you know, I'm getting married. I know they're getting married. And I'm uh, going to be on Maybe one of Matt's best men. You know, I'm going to be there at the wedding. I'm sure you're going to be there as well. So he had a whole bunch of names and a whole bunch of situations that he was saying to this woman who I know who was now on television there in Boston. And she's like, oh, I'm coming into town. I can't wait. I'd love to see you. I'd love to meet you. He taught those guys talk about you all the time. And she kind of let her guard down because the guy was really hitting all these names and all these situations. She must must know Matt and Maddie, whatever the names of the people were. And so he goes, let's grab coffee. Okay. Just before she's, they're going to, he's downstairs in the lobby now. Just before she calls and says to the police, I have a really strange feeling. Of course, she's a big name in Boston. So they immediately respond. Um, They said, just wait a couple of minutes. We'll send a cruiser over. So she waits a little while. The guy calls again. Hey, you coming down? I'm in the lobby. I'll be right down. Right. Yep. I'll be right down. She goes down into the lobby, and the guy is standing there, and she doesn't recognize him, and he looks a little crazy, and the police are behind him on the other side of the glass. The door is open, and he starts screaming, Why didn't you eat the roast beef sandwich I sent you? I sent you a roast beef sandwich. You didn't eat it. You said you were hungry. I was trying to take care of you, and you didn't eat the roast beef sandwich. You sent the roast beef sandwich away. She's thinking, the hell? What the hell? And the cops grab the guy and he's screaming and yelling. He's like, I said, you said you were hungry and I sent that roast beef sandwich, but you didn't eat it. You didn't eat it. You are you too good for me? And I mean, just like nuts. Then, I mean, I'm sure she had run into this sort of stuff before, but her sort of spidey senses had kicked in. Like, this seems a little weird. And from that time on, man, oh, man, I never met him. And obviously, for good reason, a more guarded individual when it came to all that stuff. And I remember saying, well, that person seems like, be very careful, very careful. Really? Yeah. I mean, she was almost to the point of, you know, she was shunning people or, you know, asking for this. She was so paranoid at that point. And for good reason. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. And you don't know if if she hadn't called the police and alerted them. And she was who knows not not protected. Right. What could have happened? I mean, he was he was probably angling to do something more than just yell her yell oh, yeah. about the roastery sandwich. Ooh. Yeah, but it is weird. I mean, because you don't want to be ever unkind to somebody, and you don't want to be. Um, 
you know, uh, you, you want to, you certainly appreciate the fact that people are listening and they think you're friends with them and all that. So, and 99.9% of people are wonderful. They really are. Yeah. It's just that, you know, you, you can give the illusion or sometimes people think that, um, you have, they have a real relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the clinics would play Misty? Wasn't like that for me, yeah. Yeah, same sort of situation. Then the, here's the other thing. That's the same woman. I told the other story. I've told this one before. This guy starts sending her letters. This is before email. And starts saying, hey, b- by the way, I'm trying to send you messages through the television, but you're not getting them because the guy sitting to the right of you. This is we're doing live television, live studio audience. The guy sitting to the right of you is blocking all the messages. They are getting through the television. I know they're getting to you because I see that you touch your hair when I send them. But um, the guy is blocking most of the messages. So I have to make sure. So they start send- he starts sending these letters and I'm the guy to the right of her. So they called the authorities they come in they're reading the letters the one guy goes listen there's nothing we can do until he makes a direct threat against you there's nothing we can do but once he uses a direct threat against you and you're using the US mail service to send that threat then that's a federal offense or whatever blah 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 you get then you have a problem but for as of right now just continue to monitor and keep us in the loop so the two guys i don't know where they were from fbr whatever they're walking out of the building one guy goes hey 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 come here come here so i back up i said he goes give me some let me give you some advice don't be the first one into a train under a train you know why? No, why? So you're standing on the platform. The guy's behind you. The train's pulling in. He pushes you in front of it. <gasps> Don't be the first guy in the crosswalk. Same thing, bus. Right? <gasps> watch, who, watch who makes your food. Go to a bar. Watch with your drink. And then he goes, in, can I give you one more piece of advice? You goes, get a gun. But you didn't hear that from me. I said, really? Because, yeah. I'm just telling you right now. Because the disadvantage is he knows what you look like. You don't know what he looks like. Well, oh, I know. Boy, the, I know. It's horrible, so right? Now I'm completely why, yeah, paranoid. I know. Why would anybody no want to be No public transportation. Yeah, yeah. It's just terrible. So then, like, the letters keep coming, but he isn't. He just keeps talking about me blocking, but nothing about me. I'm going to get that guy and stick him in a big vat of oil or boil, you know, acid or whatever he's going to do to me. I told you this story. He showed up at the studio. We got about 100 people in the studio. He shows up with a giant, I told you this, right? Homemade Barney head. Big purple homemade barney here with paper mache and uh, chicken uh, wire. And he's sitting in the audience, and I'm, oh, I don't know who he is, and he's in a tuxedo. And I'm just making fun of him the whole time because it was like, hey, that's a good, yeah, that's a good foil. Just every once in a while, yeah. just turn around and go, Barney, you with us? We're going to go commercial break. Barney, hang on, you know? And um, then the show ends, and the audience leaves, and then my co host turns to me and says, I think that's the guy. Say what? Mm. I think that's the guy. I think that's the guy, the guy that's up there. So she gets off the chair. The cameras are going to be pushed back into their spots. The stage manager comes out. They call the executive producer over and she goes, I think that's the guy, the guy. Because he's not leaving. He's still sitting in his chair. Ugh. So two security guards go up to him. Sir, show's over. We're going to have to ask you to leave. And he says something. And then my co-host goes, that's him. I want to see him. That's him. So he goes to stand up and he has the engage his engagement ring in his hand and the two security guards grab his Barney head and start tearing it apart, pulling the paper mache and all the stuffing and the foam out of it and everything else. And they and he's holding on to it. He's really sad. He's oh, no, no, I love oh. you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh. Which isn't the way the song goes. <laughs> And then they pull the whole head off the guy. And he's this little, sad, wimpy guy. Looks like Wally Shawn. And he's holding out the ring. He's like, I just wanted to marry you. I just wanted to marry you. 
I love you. Oh, Ugh, that's like, heartbreaking. I know, I mean, so it's sad. so bad for people. And uh, I kept thinking, wow, I didn't ride any buses because of that guy. <laughs> no, I just, it was pathetic. I don't know what they did. They just, you know, cops came, wheeled them off. I mean, I don't know they what the crime is. I, I can't I remember, there's they, probably no crime. You can't commit any crime no. on that other than the fact, and, you know, Barney had... And that's the thing is that people have advocated for, um, I don't know if you remember the uh, actress Rebecca Schaefer. Right. And she had a stalker and they didn't do anything about it. I mean, she called and called and the guy would be outside of her window and all of that stuff. But he didn't do anything. He may have been trespassing or something minor like that, but they can't arrest somebody if they haven't really made a direct threat or they've just if they've just been annoying. You you can't charge them with anything. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, he killed her. She walked out of her apartment and he, and he shot her. Yeah. It's, um, there was, when Paula, uh, was working for the, uh, Seattle social worker, she was a social worker and there was a woman who was always, uh, having threats against Bill Clinton. And I remember she was that was one of her clients she had many clients and this woman had all sorts of mental problems and stuff but still Paula would see her twice a week as a social worker working with her with her meds and you know seeing how she's doing with counseling and stuff and every time the president would be coming to town the woman would just disappear they would send secret service or somebody would come in and they would I don't know arrest her or take her out but take her or put her somewhere and she would just be gone for like three days, and then Clinton would leave. He'd come into town for a fundraiser or whatever. Then he'd leave, and then she would reappear again. But they knew who, where these threats were coming from, and they just thought, well, that's one we're going to be watching. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's a tragic, horrible story. What um, a terrible story. Yeah. And, and I don't even know what, do you even know what the podcast was? No, I was wondering about that, what kind of podcast they were doing, um, and if there's any you know, connection or if he just, and if they were a husband and wife, was he just fixated on the wife? Um, hmm. uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just so awful and so unnecessary. Let me ask you this. I know you're not a big gun person. I didn't ask if Trevor is, or I assume he is, but if you had, if you all of a sudden start getting letters and a hundred phone calls a day, wouldn't you go out and buy a gun? No, you no, wouldn't. Because I, no, I wouldn't trust myself to use it. I, I'd be afraid that I'd, I don't know. I I just I just don't think I would I don't think I would be confident enough to really use it. I know, but Sherry, let's say you're in there alone and somebody you know they bash the door in. Cops aren't gonna get there, Trevor's not home, he's somewhere else. And you know this person has been calling you a hundred times a day, they've been sending you emails, been listening to your show, they're obviously completely obsessed with you. You wouldn't want that added protection. Because you know the two dogs aren't going to do anything. <laughs> well, they're 13, so it may be difficult for them to really right. defend me at this point. But I, I mean, yes, if it were that, if it were that extreme, then I think I would be able to to learn how to use it. But that's the thing is I'd have to learn how to use the gun because chances are, you know, I'd try to use it and it would backfire or something bad would happen and it would make it worse. And, or, or I would be worried that if I shot and missed, he'd shoot me then. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I'm backfiring. I'm going to re- recommend not getting a, you know, a revolutionary war musket. <laughs> 
Isn't that part of your collection? <laughs> yeah, the black, the black powder and the ball. Yeah. Isn't that the one I saw the and other day? the ramrod. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sherry. So now place the musket ball in and make sure you use enough black powder. Keep it dry, remember. And the ramrod. Push that down with a little bit of cotton. Yeah, and you can only do that when you're wearing a special hat. Now don't let it backfire on you. Yeah. <laughs> Look out for the I backfire. Didn't, I didn't mean backfire. I mean that it would. the plan would backfire, not oh, necessarily yeah. the gun. I got gotcha. you. The, the plan gotcha. would be like, okay, that didn't really work, did it? Got it. Yeah. Let's give the remaining yeah. amount of time to this ridiculous story that was in the Seattle Times of the fact that uh, cats, and you know, they, they are smart because they can say I love you. <laughs> That's right. I love you, too. Uh, and that cat is uh, apparently, according to the sale times, because of daylight savings times coming up, cats are going to have a hard time with this. Yeah, cats and dogs are very sensitive to routines. So yes. when your routine changes by an hour or so, uh-huh. um, they, the, they get the very The cats are going to translate this while you're talking. Go yeah. ahead. What the hell is that, Chris? It's like a cat. It was like a bunch of cats chattering while they watch birds. Okay, all right. <laughs> All talking about daily saving time. <laughs> What's good? What are you going to do? I don't know. And I say to the cat, okay, you know what? Just for you, Mittens, I'm not going to change the clock. And the cat says, I love you too, Mittens. I love you too. So the cats are going to be upset. Cats are going to be upset. You're supposed to start training them. Uh, you're supposed to start adjusting them uh, a few days before it happens, like right. getting your dog out 15 minutes earlier, oh, that type of thing. Right. Who's going to do that? Nobody. This, this applies to people that have at least 18 or more cats in their house. <laughs> right. Or, or all the time in the world to yeah. adjust. Because the dog's never going to adjust. They figure it out. They get it. They're right. smarter than that. That's right. You know what this cat has to say to you, Sherry? <laughs> Love you too. All right. Thank you, Kitty. Yeah, uh, there's Nate over there. Beacon plumbing traffic desk. Cats love you. Dogs love you. People love you, Nate. Let go. All right, John Curley, Sherry Elliker show. Mm. Normally on a Friday we do the Know It All quiz, but we've had to uh, push that off to the side because Teeny Tiny Lady has called in sick today, Sherry. So. She's the only one that puts it all together, but it's a Friday. I'm highly suspicious, so I've asked her to bring a doctor's note. All right? Oh, I appreciate you finally holding her to account, which never gets done around here, but that's good that you're doing it. Okay. I, um, I sense a l- <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> Sherry. Yeah. Move your hamster, or whatever that is, <laughs> away from the microphone. I, I'm, I'm afraid that uh, Brady is on the task. So we'll hopefully get that result. Brady is the name of the hamster. Brady is, yes. Brady is. What? Uh, huh? What? Huh? What? All right, good. As if the show's not annoying enough, then you add in there the extra sound of the squeaky squeaks. Um, you know, I always say that I, I um, what irritates me, a lot of things do, but one thing that irritates me the most is the fact that, well, that, the sound, that's ir- ir- irritating enough right now. That... Should I turn off my camera? You know what? I'm not looking at you, so get rid of that. I mean, as much as I love that, what are you wearing? Like a is that like a nightgown? No, it's a it's a shirt, and then this guy got a shirt underneath it and a necklace. Okay. Okay. Are you, that, what kind of shoes you wearing? <laughs> is that, no, just is that, do you approve? You want me to button? No, up just like just, just stop the beeping. Okay, let me let me turn off my camera. See if that helps. Okay. Let's see if that's what the problem. Uh. Uh, 
Okay. All right. We're left with an image of you with a shirt unbuttoned. All right. Uh, There we go. Sorry, Sherry. We don't get a chance to see you. That's okay. As I always say, what bugs me about the media, I like the fact that if um, the media was like the umpire, right? Back there behind the plate calling balls and strikes. If you find out the umpire is related to the pitcher, you'd be like, what? People really have a hard time with that. Right? People always looking like, oh, the Seahawks lost to the Steelers because of those bad calls. Those guys had it in for the, you know, that kind of frustration when you sense that they, you know, the, the playing field is never level, but at least you want somebody in there just, you know, just not to be pushing it one direction or another, not to have their thumb on it. The fact that the media covers some stories and doesn't cover other stories, uh, pushing narratives. I mean, there was a survey that was done recently talking to these people who are going to journalism school and asked, why do you want to be a journalist? Because they want to advocate. So right. advocate. And then we had the whole discussion about objectivity and subjectivity and objectivity is a problem because, you know, whose facts are you using and what's your lived experience? So we've completely obliterated the ability to just tell a story, cover a story. So certain stories get covered. Other stories don't get covered. I and mean, you don't cover the story. That's just as bad as covering it uh, and not giving all the facts. Right. Just covering one side of it. Um, sure, I agree with that. Or through complete and utter just absence of coverage i don't think this is that big of a deal as a story these kids are kids right but did you hear there were four white kids that grabbed or there were three white kids that grabbed four black kids they threw them onto the ground they punched them in the head they made them kneel and then made them say uh uh uh, make america great again did you hear that story uh no yeah yeah, so three, I think it was three, yeah, three, and four black kids beaten up, white kids beat them up, and then forced them to say, make America great again, and Donald Trump is great. No, I didn't if hear you, that If that story. had happened, if that had happened, that would have been the first story on NBC Nightly News, the first story on CBS, the first story everywhere. We, they would have been talking about this and had those kids on television. They would have been on the Today Show. They've been talking to the parents. Reverend Al Sharpton would have been at the school. They would have been protesting. You could maybe get something lit on fire during a peaceful protest. I mean, this thing would they get at least three or four days out of it. At least. Do you agree? At least. Yes. Yeah. The president would speak about it. We would get uh, the president, the White House would speak about it. We would have elected officials, congressmen and women. You would have people there and these kids would be given all sorts of the royal treatment because they were forced onto the ground, forced to kneel, hit in the head, assaulted and being told to say, um, make America great again. Three or four days of coverage, right? Yeah, of course. And we'd hear about the kids that force the other kids to do it and how their parents are a certain way. Right. And, and now there's the now there's death threats, maybe some death yes. threats. Right. OK. And then the school would come out and they have a whole thing. And then they would like take off for two days and there would be uh, counselors would go in there and the NAACP would talk about this. And they would ask Donald Trump about it. And Donald Trump Jr. would uh, tweet on it and it would be on every single. And the view would have the kid. I mean, everybody would talk about it. Mm hmm. The incident report in my hand says last Friday here at Kenwood Elementary during recess, several black students grouped several white students together and forced them to say black lives matter against their will. 
The students who did not comply or steer clear of the situation altogether were, quote, escorted, dragged, or carried back to a specific spot on the playground. I'm just afraid to talk about it. Crystal and Daniel Har's 11-year-old son is in the sixth grade at Kenwood. The report states one student was punched in the head, and the Har's say their son was thrown to the ground. The specific one that threw him down, he has had issues with since first grade. As parents, the Haars say they are disappointed in the way the school has handled the situation as well as the lack of communication. I actually didn't find out any information until I called the police department. The report says officers were called to the school Monday morning just before 1030, which was three days after the altercation is said to have taken place. We are unclear who called authorities or if it was a 911 call. The district is refusing to provide that information at this time. I also asked the school district if the students in question have been disciplined and if there have been any other similar issues within the last year. I was told they are not releasing that information either. Oh, so you change the colors around the kids and it gets picked up in that little town there. Uh, I think major news networks have not covered it. And I don't, again, kids are stupid. They do stupid stuff, right? So it's, to me, it's not this big of a deal. But again, if you had reversed the colors, white, black, black, white, Make America Great Again, Black Lives Matter, it would have been international news. Here's what the Black Lives Matter Dayton group in Ohio is saying. Uh, We are disheartened to learn of the incident at Kenwood Elementary School in Springfield, Ohio, involving black students' alleged negative engagement toward white students while using the Black Lives Matter phrase. Right. And when the dad was told to get over it, look, again, Kids are dumb. They do dumb things, you know, but it's just how the media covers stuff. Like, for instance, Jane Fonda was asked, oh, you t- how much time do we have? when do we have to break, Chris, right now? I think you got a minute or two here. Listen, it's Jane Fonda on The View talking about abortion. abortion We're rights. not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking. Yeah. And, then, and, and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's very, the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. Listen, they're going to ask her, what can you do? I'm not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, murder. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> and then it goes on. Chris cut it, but it goes on. They're going, no, she didn't mean that. <laughs> and then the camera cuts to Jane Fonda. She's like, uh huh. Like, I'm not kidding. God. Again, just don't either don't cover the story, right? Don't cover either side of the things. Don't split it. But I'm telling you, I'd, st- I'd love to talk to, quote unquote, a journalist that feels they need to advocate. And like, what do you think you do? How do you what do you do? What do you think you do for the general conversation and the general soul of America by promoting one story and not the other story? I think it would be easy to find someone that would be willing to talk about that because I think it's what everybody's doing. In fact, that's what journalism school is about now. It's right. about advocacy, being able to put your point of view out there or write the story to the angle that, that you want it to be presented. Not for, the facts, for what, not neutrality. what reason, though? Sherry, for what reason? Why? Right? Be- because you are advocating for your, I mean, as long as it's social justice yeah. or yeah. whatever, then you're right. you're doing, you know, what you're supposed to be doing for the world. Right. Got it. You're writing wrongs from many, many years ago. Yes. All right. There's Nate. Never having to right or wrong. Just getting people to go home on time at the Beacon Plumbing Traffic Desk. Get them home.
That is one of the uh, great rights that we have. First one, right? First Amendment, so we have freedom of speech. You go to other countries, man, they could throw you in jail for things that you say, um, just arrest you for stuff they find on Facebook. So shocked by that. But you realize, wow, it's really nice in America. Our neighbors in Norris, Sherry, I didn't realize that this would be a big story, but um, they've, uh, they finally ruled that you can make an obscene gesture if you'd like. In his ruling, Judge Dennis Galeazzos did not hold back, lambasting the complainant and the prosecution, saying, to be abundantly clear, it is not a crime to give someone the finger. Flipping the proverbial bird is a God-given, charter-enshrined right that belongs to every red-blooded Canadian. It may not be civil, it may not be polite, it may not be gentlemanly. Nevertheless, he continued, it does not trigger, trigger criminal liability. Offending someone is not a crime. Got that? Yeah, this came from a a problem between two neighbors, Mm -hmm. and they had been feuding a little bit uh, over the course of a few weeks. And according to the one neighbor, um, the other guy came around. He was working in his yard or working on his house, and he had his headphones on. And the the neighbor approached him, uh, gave him the double pumper, and then... Whoa, 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 Sherry, hot take. Wait a minute, wait, the double pumper? Yeah, (laughs) double pumper. Double birded him? Double bird. And then did the I'm going to slice your throat motion and moved his fists around like he was going to punch him. So he says he feared for his life. He called the police. They arrested the guy for harassment and Mm -hmm. a couple of other things. And they went to court over it. And the judge is saying, you have no idea. You didn't you couldn't hear what he was saying. You don't know what he said. Uh Um that, no, you're, that, he dropped the charges. Said this, he has a right to do that. He has a right to make a gesture towards you, even if you don't like it. Um, I'm surprised by this. Maybe that's why it's making uh, news. So in Canada, they have uh, hate police uh, that police uh, speech. They'll go online and look for you saying things that can offend people. Um, I know that Jordan Peterson made his bones and actually became fairly famous when they were forcing him to use certain words he didn't want to use. He pushed back on that, and uh, he still continued to fight that. Um, then Canada does, not not as bad as England and some other countries, but they do have the... Uh, they do have this they hate speech stuff and they will enforce that. I guess the, the double pumper with the slashing move across the throat. I gotta say, just as a guy that enjoys flipping the bird, uh, I think it's unnecessary to do the slash over the throat thing. I'd like the, you know, you can do the half arm. And that's what yeah. I'm like. That's an East Coast thing. Haven't got that quite to catch on here. That's where you take your arm, you hold your one arm parallel, and then you have your other arm come up, slap up again so it's the, the, um, it's in the, the, the kind of the crook of your elbow comes up, your arm comes up, your hand comes up, and then the bird comes up. That's the half arm with the bang, bang move. You got one. You've seen that one? I can't oh. do it because we're on camera right now. Yes, that's. Oh, I'll do I, it to I, Chris. Here, Chris. See this? It's that one right there. You see that? Like, very effective. Like you karate chop the one arm and the other arm pops up. Yeah, you hold the one arm like above your belt. You know, about about right about your like chest high. All right, yeah. and it's going to be like this in front of you, right? And then you're going to have your other arm fly up underneath, hit, and then with hits, it causes it to bend as it bends, and the wrist flies up, and then the bird flies out. Yeah, and in Canada, it's perfectly legal to do that. No That's if you get the right judge. All. Well, true, and and I agree, it was a bit much to do double pumper 
I'm going to slice your throat and punch you. Yeah, the punching <laughs> thing, one. that seems unnecessary. Very cartoonish. John, a listener saying what you're describing is called the Italian bird. That's the Italian bird? Oh, good. All right, good. Very international of me. Okay, thank you. Thank you, listener. You're such a sophisticated audience. Well, sure. Uh, by the way, apparently the... The uh, sound was, I found out that was the teeny tiny lady making that sound in the background, Sherry. Oh, she was trying to sabotage everything. How nice. She just the answer th- is yes. Oh, okay. I thought she was sick. <laughs> She's working from home. <laughs> working from home. Oh, now you, can you now have a, a microphone in her house, in her teeny tiny lady pickle jar at home? Okay. I thought she right. lived... Okay, I'm not going to ask any more questions. Okay. It's too frustrating Checking for me. Checking traffic. <laughs> Checking traffic. Uh, Nate, the Beacon Plumbing Traffic Desk on a Friday. Get them home on time. Here we go.